Well, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me um, to share with you about one of my favorite subjects in the whole, whole world, and that's By the Hand Club for Kids. And my message today is entitled, It's the Little Things You Do and Not the Big Things You Say. And when I think about little things, I think about a man that I'm sure probably none of you have ever heard of. His name is Edward Kimball. Edward Kimball was a Sunday school teacher here in Chicago, and one Sunday he was teaching class, and a new young man walked into his room. Edward Kimball just reached over and handed the young man a closed Bible and said, the lesson is in the book of John, kept on teaching. Well, the young man sat down and started fumbling through the first two pages of the book looking for the book of John, and the other boys in the classroom started grinning at each other because they knew that he didn't know how to find the book of John in, in the Bible. Now, I just want to say I can relate to this young man because even today, it seems like the pastor has already read the scripture by the time I find it in the Bible, especially if it's in a book like Zephaniah. You know, like, where's Zephaniah, right? So um, I'm so thankful for Pew Bibles, and I really like it when the pastor just says it's on page 682 and Later, when I give you our theme scripture, I'm going to give you the page number so you can just sit back and relax and know that. But this young man was um, feeling embarrassed, and Edward Kimball noticed that. And without causing a big fuss, he just quietly gave the other boys a stern look, and he reached over and he handed the young man his Bible open to the right spot, saving him any further embarrassment. Well, that young man was D.L. Moody, and maybe you recognize that name. D.L. Moody grew up to be one of the world's most famous evangelists ever, and um, also the founder of my church, which is the Moody Church here in Chicago, and also Moody Bible Institute. But here's the remarkable thing and why I tell the story. Years later, D.L. Moody wrote about that little thing that Edward Kimball did, and he said it had had a profound impact on his life. And I think even his coming to faith, because it was later that Edward Kimball actually shared about Christ with D.L. Moody, and D.L. Moody prayed with Edward Kimball. So to me, it's just a remarkable example of how it's the little things we do, often things we're not even aware of, and not the big things we say. I also like that story because By the Hand Club for Kids is part of D.L. Moody and Edward Kimball's legacy. By the Hand Club for Kids was started 11 years ago. I'm the founder. We started with 16 kids in a small room there at the Moody Church. And again, in case sometimes we just assume that everyone knows what By the Hand Club is, just so you know, to put it kind of in a box or a context, we're a Christ-centered after-school program. So that's the the context in which we serve. But we were started there with 16 kids. Um, Initially, all of our kids were from a nearby neighborhood called Cabrini Green, and um, Today, I don't think Chrissy mentioned, but we're serving um, 900 kids as of this last week or enrolled in By the Hand Club. I know, I know. So we've outgrown that little room at the Moody Church. We're a separate 501c3 today and serving uh, 900 kids in, in four different neighborhoods. But I just want to back up a little bit and tell you a little bit of my story just in case it's helpful for someone here. Um, I had worked in advertising for 18 years, and it was the late 1990s, and was actually president of an ad agency called Arian Lowe and Travis Advertising, and it was an $80 million agency, so not a huge agency, but not a small agency. We were growing, we were making money, 
We were winning awards, which is a really big deal in the advertising industry. So winning Clio's and Addie's and one shows. But you know what? I had a restlessness in my soul, and I couldn't shake it. And um, I am a woman of faith. I, I love the Lord. And so I knew I had to get away and just ask God, okay, what's going on here? What is this restlessness? And um, I can tell you that during quiet time with God, just in front of him, asking that question, what's going on here? God spoke very clearly, very quietly, but very clearly, just gave me a clear thought that I knew was from him. The thought was based on a verse from the Bible. The verse is John 10, 10. It's our theme verse there at By the Hand Club, and you don't need to, but if anyone's interested, it's on page 748 of the Pew Bible, so you can look it up. But it's our theme verse. The kids can quote it. Every child at By the Hand Club knows it, and the verse is, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. And God used that verse to impress upon my heart that that's what he wanted my, my life to be about, helping kids experience the promise of that verse, which is abundant and eternal life. And I can tell you, I knew, you know, in a split second that um, God was calling me uh, really away from a job and into a, into a mission, and the mission is helping kids experience the promise of that verse. Now, whenever I speak to a group, in fact, I'm a little bit amazed by this, there's always one or two people who come up to me afterwards and say, you know what, I'm restless. There's something going on. I can't really put my finger on it, but I know God is wanting me to make a move. And sometimes it's a move from the corporate world into full-time ministry. Sometimes it's just a move in terms of um, volunteering, some kind of service uh, move like that. And so they'll ask me, hey, what, can it, what kind of advice can you share with me? So I'm just going to go ahead and share just a, a couple of lessons, a couple of... Um, takeaways that may be helpful for you, uh, just based on my own experience. Number one, if you're feeling a restlessness in your soul and, and you think God is at the center of that and he's trying to get your attention, he wants you to do something, you don't know what it is, number one, get away and listen to God. Um, I love First Kings where Elijah actually goes away for a couple of days. He has a personal retreat <laughs> He's in a cave. Thankfully, I was able to go to a hotel. (laughs) And he got away for a couple of days. And this is what the Lord said to him. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. So he goes out and he stands on the edge of this cliff. And there's a strong wind. But God wasn't in the wind. And then there was an earthquake. Same thing. And then there was a fire. Same thing. And then there was a gentle whisper. And guess what? God was in that gentle whisper. And that's how it was for me. It was a very gentle whisper, very gentle uh, thought that God placed on my heart and mind. And um, the lesson that I learned is we long to hear the voice of God, but we rarely take time to listen. I'm just going to say that again. We long to hear the voice of God, but we rarely take time to listen. So if you're feeling a restlessness in your soul... Get away and listen. And then number two, again, just based on my experience, take action, but take your time. Uh, When God called me, I went immediately to my church, and I started volunteering with children at my church. Within two weeks, I was volunteering. 
So I took action. But you know what? It took about three and a half years for God to actually confirm his call and put all the pieces in place. My husband's sitting here on the front row for me to actually persuade him to (laughs) let me do this. It took about three and a half years before I was able to move from advertising to starting by the hand club for kids. So take action, but take your time. And then finally, once God makes it clear, don't be afraid. I think that um, I certainly was this way, and sometimes I hear people expressing a concern that they're going to give something up if they serve God in this way. And um, I have people ask me all the time, do you miss the corporate world? And what's funny about that is I read between the lines. I know what they're asking me. They're asking me, do you miss the money? Right? Isn't that what they're asking? They're asking, do you miss the prestige? They're asking, do you miss the excitement? Well, I got to tell you, my life is much more exciting today than it ever was when I was in advertising. My life is much more fulfilled today. In fact, I can't hardly talk about it without crying because I use my gifts, my experiences, my talents, my strengths, more fully today than I ever did when I was in advertising. And what's really cool is I know I'm in the center of God's will, and I know I'm making a difference in the lives of others. So I'm the one who has been blessed. I hope I've been a blessing to others, but I'm the one who's been blessed. So if you feel God's call to tell you he's telling you to do something, then don't be afraid to move. Um, You will be blessed. So back to By the Hand Club. I left advertising in spring of 2001 and started by the hand club for kids, 16 kids. They're in a room at the Moody Church. And uh, by that fall, that was spring, by that fall 2001, I knew that we needed to move over to the uh, Cabrini Green community. One thing, we're out of space there at the church. I think we were already getting on the pastor's nerves there. (laughs) And uh, number two, we just want to be closer to our our family and our children. And I got to tell you that early on, a lot of people called us crazy. And I'm okay with that. Again, I don't know if you know much about D.L. Moody, but they call him Crazy Moody. That was his nickname because he had some very ambitious and very uh, outrageous ideas in terms of how to, how to get out in the city and, and love on people. So I was okay with them calling, calling us crazy. But the reason they called us crazy is, let me tell you about our idea. And it was the idea that we started with, and it's the idea that we have ad- adhered to even today. The idea is to go to the most under-resourced neighborhoods. So we've ranked the 77 neighborhoods in Chicago, and we go to the ones that uh, are high in poverty. And once there, once we're in a neighborhood, Chrissy mentioned before that we're in today, once there we partner with Chicago Public Schools and we ask their principals to refer to us the kids who are most likely to drop out of school. That's number one. Number two, we care for them during the most dangerous time of day, which is the after-school hours. They're more... Uh, crimes committed by and against youth in the after-school hours than any other time of day. I'm sure you guys read the newspaper and you watch the TV. Um, Chicago's the youth homicide capital of the U.S. It's, uh, homicides are up about 50% this year. It's all gang-related. So under-resourced neighborhoods, uh, kids who are referred to us because they're failing in school, afternoon, after-school hours. And the third thing is our idea is to show them the love of Christ by caring for their most pressing needs. As Chrissy said, mind, body, and soul. So what that looks like is um, each one of our team leaders has 22 kids that they care for in that after-school setting and then even beyond after-school through home visits, school visits, etc. And they identify any barrier that's standing in the way of that child experiencing abundant and eternal life, including academic, 
success, and they knock down that barrier, no, ma no matter what it is, again, to help that child succeed. So, you know what? It is a crazy idea. It is a crazy idea, but I've got good news for you. We've been doing it for 11 years, and praise God, it's working. Um, let me just share some results with you. As I mentioned, we're uh, actually caring for 900 kids today in four different neighborhoods. Last year, 100% of our students graduated from high school. 85% went on to college. And let me uh, share with you the significance of those numbers. Chicago has a long history of high dropout rates. Only about half of our students graduate from high school. One out of every two students in Chicago public schools, not just in our neighborhoods, in Chicago public schools, will not graduate from high school. And the fact that we're graduating 100% of our students is huge. Also, of the students who do graduate from high school, only half of them go on to college. Last year, 85% of our uh, students went on to college. And uh, I tell you what, we're still working with those other 15% because our goal is 100% of our kids would be in college. In fact, we have 33 kids in college today, which is remarkable, all from our, our oldest club, which is the Cabrini-Green Club, 33 kids in college today. And if you look at the 2000 census, there were only 18 people, people in total, living in Cabrini-Green in college in 2000. And we're just so thankful to have 33 in college this fall. Also, we finished last year with 144 kids on the honor roll, and we saw an 82% improvement in the number of kids meeting their reading standard. And this is compared to 6%. Uh, <laughs> That's compared to um, CPS's 6%, 82%, 6%. Isn't that remarkable? So, you know, I'm just so excited because our kids are resilient and God is faithful and uh, we have so many stories of lives changed. In fact, I don't really like talking about numbers because I think you can get lost in all the numbers. Um, the important thing to remember is that behind every number is a child, a real live child. And uh, it's so exciting to think about what's happening in the life of each one of our children. And I wish I could share with you all of their stories, but we don't have time for that. So I'm just going to share one story with you. It's a story about a young man whose name is Travis Smith. And I'm going to start by um, sharing a video with you uh, about Travis Smith that was shot uh, nine years ago, just shortly after he joined by the hand club. So please watch the video. You know, like say I go and minister to like one of the gangbangers. If I show love to them, show the way how it's supposed to be done. Because if I just show hate, they're just something they used to. You know, you got to hit them with something they don't know. I don't serve a little God. It's not a little, it's a huge God. So you can ask them for huge things. And I do, I ask for huge things. I pray that God will turn Cabrini from a community of gangsters to a community of Christians. And I told somebody this, like, man, that's too big, man. That ain't gonna happen. I said, well, I serve a huge God. At Kids Club and at BKC, we have a, a theme verse, John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And Jesus said that it was in the red. Kids Club is like, they teach you about God. No, that's my favorite part. It changed my life. I love it. The moment I step inside this building, I feel the power of God. Years ago, I didn't understand, like, who was God and who was the devil. I used to get two voices, and I prayed on it. I said, God, please help me. 
help me to know when it's you. And now I just know right off the bat, my father's voice. I just don't curse no more. I used to listen to really negative music. Now I don't listen to it anymore. I didn't used to like to read. I didn't, I couldn't stand reading. And I never thought I would be reading the Bible, but I'm reading the Bible like every day. I actually, I have one in my pocket. <laughs> Take it to school and read it at lunchtime. My goal this year for my grades is, uh, I would like to get all A's. Perfection is what I'm reaching for. That, that's my goal. Come Travis Smith, he's here with us today. God bless you, take your time. Thank you, praise God, praise God. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for that warm welcome. Uh, it's a blessing to be here. And um, <laughs> um, it's, it's a blessing to be here. Um, hearing about Body Hand Club, having been a part of it over the past, <laughs> man, it's been over 10 years now since I've came there. I'm going to share with you my story. I uh, grew up in Cabrini Green. I... Um, was in a gang by the time I was in eighth grade. And, you know, and, and, and it seems, you know, for me it seemed normal. I mean, that's just the way it was uh, for us growing up. You know, they kind of recruited us young. They pushed for us to be, you know, a part of all that stuff very young. But that was my life. And by the time I heard about By the Hand Club, and in fact the way I heard about By the Hand Club was uh, two of my friends, uh, Vincent and Paris, I didn't see them for a couple of months. I go to their apartment, and then I say, hey, where have you guys been? And they're like, man, we've been at Body Hand Club. We were doing this and that. They're buying us gifts. And I'm like, man, what, what is this place? And they said, oh, it's just right in Cabrini Green. I was like, are you, are you sure it's not like downtown somewhere? You mean in Cabrini Green? This place is in Cabrini Green? Blew me away. And, they, and I said, yeah, it's just right over here. And so I said, yeah, I got to go there. And they said, oh, yeah, you got they say, oh, you're too old. I say, thanks for building this up for me, right? At the time, By the Hand Club was serving only third through sixth graders. And so I was in eighth grade at the time, and, you know, so luck for me, you know. Was, but then they said, wait, wait, they have junior leaders there. You could be a junior leader if you go apply for the job. I'm like, yes, you know, you get paid. You know, I'm like, yes. So I go I go to this building, the building you guys saw, 419 West Oak, right there in Cabrini Green. I couldn't believe it. I thought I was lost. I, I couldn't believe it. It was in the building right around the corner. They were selling drugs. And here is this, this place. that they. And I didn't know at the time that this was a Christian place. I'm, in, my, in my mind, I was like, this, there's some nice people here giving away free gifts, and I can get paid, right? But they're here in Cabrini Green. I knocked on a big black door. And Miss Sylvia opened the door. She was the leader of the orange team at the time. And I remember her, her face, the smile just beaming. And, and it was something different. It was something special. I mean, yes, she was white. But besides that, <laughs> <laughs> there was something about it. I said, there is something reaching, you know, from her into me. And she hugged me. I, I thought she was crazy. I'm, what are you... She's hugging me. I've never seen this woman before. And so I'm just amazed already 
walking into this building, I was an artist, seeing this artwork all over the wall. But it was God, Jesus, saturated. I mean, it was like, what? They didn't tell me about this Jesus stuff. What is this? And so I'm going through as she's giving me a tour, and she's, I'm asking a ton of questions, of course. I mean, I'm, what is this place? Who are you people? What are you doing here? I mean, really tell me about this. And she's, you know, giving me this tour, and, you know, I'm just getting, I don't even know what I'm getting. I'm just overwhelmed and loaded up um, with love and just experiencing um, what, this, what this place is all about. And then she'll, as she was telling me, I remember thinking, she was telling me of who all was here. It was on a Friday. Um, and then she started listening to people. That was here, and then she mentioned that the executive director was there. And I remember thinking at the time, wow, really? The executive director is there. So we go up the spiral stairs. And then we, you know, she proceeds to have me meet all of the leaders that were there at the time. And so I got all of this stuff going on in my mind. And, and we're going down the hallway. And I see this artistic mural that covers the whole wall. And I was just lost in amazement and like, wow, this is art and God. I didn't even know. I seriously never even heard about art and God. And as we go forward, we see this black man. First of all, I was like, there's a man here. So this place is real. Like, wow. You know, <laughs> and, and he's a black man. And it was Haman Cross, the leader of the blue team. Very first male role model I ever had in my entire life. I was 14 years old at this point, and I was in a gang. <laughs> and so I met Haman, and just like with Sylvia and everyone else, beaming with this smile, loving on me, hugging me. I, I thought, this, is, this has got to be fake. I've got to be dreaming. And so as they were introducing themselves, we get around to Donita. I was scared of her. Because I thought she knew my name. She said, my name is Donita Travis. And I, what, what? How do you know? And she gave me this hug. I mean, really hugged me. Tight. Probably suffocated me. Like this. And I remember thinking, like, you don't even know me. You, I, I remember thinking, I'm in a gang, you know, like, and I was involved in this, this kind of life. And you're giving me this hug, loving on me without even knowing me. And so I mentioned all of that specifically to talk about, I'm talking about that today. That was a moment that I remembered. I look back and I see, as I've been a Christian, that they probably didn't even think that they were doing anything special. They were just being loving. They were just being themselves and opening themselves up to me. And for me, it was an amazing, wonderful experience that I couldn't figure out at the time. I was still chewing it up. But for them, they were just showing love and extending that love to a lost young man. <laughs> and I, I remember that to this day. I will, always forget, I will never forget that. The little things. And I look back as I grow and have grown as a Christian. It's been the little things. Now, I have to say, that was 2002 in February. I didn't dedicate my life to Christ until August 8, 2003. I was watching him. I was receiving his love. I was curious about it, and it was building up in me until that day when I said, you know what? The Lord gave me the scripture. Even before I knew it was the scripture, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's what I was saying. She's like, you've been observing all of these people. They've been loving on you. It's your turn. Taste and see that I am good. 
and I dedicated my life to Christ and never turned back since. So I praise God for people like Danita and people like, well, by the hand club in general, filled with people who loved me. And that's what it was, the consistent love that they poured into me, even in the small things. And I look back and even in Haman, he hung out with me. I was still in the gang at that point. He hung out with me and allowed me to hang out with him. And that was significant to me. I'm not even, I honestly don't remember most of the stuff that he said. I don't. I'm not going to lie to you. But I remember his presence. I remember his presence and that love over, the, over time. And so here I am today. I just graduated from college. So praise God. <laughs> praise God. Um, <laughs> And, and I just got a job, so I'm working at it. So that, let's praise God for that, too. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Travis. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I don't need that. Much. Thanks. So um, that you don't think that we just give kids gifts, and that's the end of it. I thought I would just take a minute and explain what we do there at By the Hand Club. So, again, kids are referred by their Chicago Public School principal because they're not meeting reading standards, which means that they're eight times more likely to drop out of school than other, other kids. And we go to their home, and we enroll them with their parents, and we spend a lot of time in the home and also in the classroom. But really, primarily, what we do happens in those after-school hours. And we actually pick up the kids on school buses that we lease, and we bring the kids to the club in the afternoon and uh, love on them uh, when they're with us. But then at the end of the night, we also take them home, actually to their home uh, on school buses, and that's because um, safe passage is absolutely critical where we are. So we give the kids safe passage. When they're with us for the mind uh, the academic part, we have uh, homework and tutoring, and that's when most of our volunteers, we have about 500 volunteers, that's when they come and help us uh, during that homework time. But we also have a reading class every day. We have reading coaches and reading specialists who are on staff with us, and we have a half-hour reading class with all the kids, but then we do one-on-one um, reading work with kids who are fourth grade and older and don't know how to read. And it's absolutely remarkable what we, what we see. We have kids who've gained six grade levels in one year just working with our reading specialists there at By the Hand Club. We also have a college prep program. We have a college specialist on staff with us. So there's a um, college curriculum that actually starts as early as junior high and all the way through high school. And, and, and again, we, we work with kids first grade all the way through college. So uh, we walk with our kids until they graduate from college. Um, and beyond, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's for, the, that's for the mind. For the body, we have a, a dental program. We have an eyeglass program. We have mental health counseling. Um, we serve a, a warm meal, healthy snack when they come, but also a warm dinner, you know, full dinner before the kids go home. Um, so that's the body. And then for the soul, we have chapel every day. We have Bible study weekly. Uh, we teach uh, evangelism explosion uh, so the kids hear the gospel and actually learn how to share the gospel with their friends and family. And that's the best part because what we see as we share with kids about Christ is we see a peace and hope that um, they begin to grab hold of, uh, especially as they see the plan that God has for their lives. So that's what we do there at By the Hand Club. Um, I can tell you that if we did all that without love, 
which is what Travis was talking about, it wouldn't work. The, the love part is the glue that holds it all together. And the love that Travis talked about, talks about is the love that we have because of how much Christ loves us. So it just kind of spills over on everyone else that is there by the hand club. I have two quotes I want to share with you that kind of sum up what we do. One is from Mother Teresa, and uh, she said it this way. She said, not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. And that's all of us. And then the other quote that I like, it's too long to put on a slide, but it's a quote from uh, Katie Beth Clark from her book, Kisses with Katie. And she says, People who really want to make a difference in the world usually do it in one way or another. And I've noticed something about people who make a difference in the world. They hold the unshakable conviction that individuals are extremely important, that every life matters. They get excited over one smile. They're willing to feed one stomach, educate one mind, and treat one wound. They aren't determined to revolutionize the world all at once. They're satisfied with small changes. Over time, though, the small changes add up. Sometimes they even transform cities and nations and, yes, the world. And, um, you know, I am so blown away when I study the life of Jesus because that's how Jesus led his life. Even though he came with a big picture in mind, which is saving mankind, and he never lost sight of that, he always took time along the way to stop and heal the blind, help the lame man walk, or even reach out to a deceitful tax collector and change his life. And in the scheme of things, those are all little things, but we know from reading scripture that those were divine appointments, and that's exactly how Jesus viewed them. A verse that I want to share with you, and again, it's going to be on the screen, so you don't have to look it up, but if you want to, it's on 682 in your pew Bible. (laughs) Um, And the verse is Matthew 10, 42. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. And just to talk about that verse a little bit, little ones here is referring to Jesus' disciples. But if you look at where that phrase originally came from in the Bible, it talks about anyone who is low, anyone who's looked down upon by the world. And then when it talks about a cup of cold water, that's an illustration for the simplest thing that you could do to help someone, the smallest thing that you could do to help someone. And then because he's my disciple, it means that you're doing it because you love Christ. So in other words, there are no little people and there are no little things when we do them for Christ. So in closing, I just wanted to share with you that I think we all know We just um, have a sense that God created each of us with a purpose. And we have this sense inside of us that we want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And um, we want to make a difference in the lives of others. And here's the encouraging news. I find this very encouraging. Often, making a difference in the lives of others It's not some big revolutionary thing that you have to do. It's doing little things, but doing them consistently over time and those adding up to make a difference in the lives of people. I find that encouraging. I can do little things. I'm not sure I can do big revolutionary things, but I can do little things. And um, 
my encouragement to each of you today is just figure out what little things means to you. What are the little things that you should be doing? And then do it. And um, there are a few of you um, who need to stop talking about it and actually start doing it. So just like the topic here today, it's the little things we do, not the big things we say. So I just want to encourage you, if you know what it is you're supposed to be doing, just do it. You're going to be the one that's blessed by doing so. And then um, I love the fact that Soul City has um, a section in the service and a section here in your lobby that's called Next Step. And I just want to encourage you to do one thing, just one next step, and that is to ask God that question. God, what is the little thing that you want me to be doing? What are the little things that you want me to be a part of? And then also, this is something that I struggle with, God, please don't let me be so busy and so hurried that I miss out on those little things that you just put right in front of me. So the next step that I want to encourage you to take is just ask God those questions. And um, even if you do that right now and God is tugging at your heart to maybe do something there at By the Hand Club, just know that Travis and Chrissy and several others of us will be at the next step uh, corner here in the lobby. And come by and talk to us. We have lots of ways that you can change lives, one child, one little thing at a time. So come see us. Thank you.